You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. I'm a senior communications specialist here at Ducks Unlimited. And among my duties, I'm production coordinator of Ducks Unlimited Television. This is a continuing series of podcasts on the 25th anniversary of Ducks Unlimited Television, the longest-running show in outdoor TV specific to waterfowl hunting. And joining me today are a couple of guys. Uh, One is a son of Wayne Bourne, Hampton Bourne. And the other is a former co-host of the show, Mike Checkett. Guys, welcome to the DU Podcast. Thanks, John. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you all very much for joining the podcast. We've been talking to people who have been involved with the show over the years. I had had Mark Pierce and Jared Brown on and Eric Kessler as well. Guys who were really at the beginning of the show. And it, it's been a fun trip down memory lane, you know, thinking back on some of the old episodes and, you know, how far do UTVs come in 25 years? Uh, so, first, I want to go back in time a little bit uh, to 2003, and that's when Wade Bourne made his first appearance on the show. Uh, Hampton, do you remember that at all, when, when your dad started doing DUTV? I don't, uh, John. I don't remember specifically when dad started DUTV. We, we have very fond family memories of his first uh, first hosting job, which was a show on TNN at the time, we actually didn't have cable television before that, and had always complained about it. And uh, finally, we got cable TV when Dad uh, had a show on cable TV. So it was 
kind of a nice introduction into the modern age when dad finally got a show. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. You know, and, and your dad was a well-known, you know, person in the outdoor world at that point. He, you know, he'd been a writer in the outdoor space for a long time and radio host, television personality. So it was really a, a, a great thing for DUTV to have Wade come on board and, and host some shows and segments. He did uh, better waterfowling tips of the week and things like that that really were educational to the audience. And your, so your dad was a big part of it. Uh, Mike, when did you start working with DUTV? What year was that? Well, that's a, that's a good question, John. I, I think it was 06. I, I started with DU in 2003, kind of the same time frame with, with Wade. But uh, I got involved in the TV show first as a guest um, and actually with Wade. I went on a uh, trip out to Kansas and and we hunted some reservoirs out there and um, playing the role of biologist that I was at that time. And then uh, I think we invited Wade up to hunt with a bunch of us in North Dakota and film the show. And, uh, and then as a dumb field biologist that talks too much, they just kept putting me in front of, uh, in front of the camera and, and uh, you know, uh, having more and more with that role and eventually moved to communications from conservation and, and, uh, and and got you know knee deep in the DU TV show. Yeah, and I think I think they had your title as media relations biologist, and I always thought that was an interesting title for for somebody who started out with a biology background and moved into into media relations and communications. You know, around here we've got a lot of biologists and a lot of communications people, and not too many crossing over into that deal. Yeah, I, I don't think they thought too hard to, to come up with that title, but it, it was, I guess, fitting. I got you. I got you. You know, I, I've watched a lot of the old shows doing research for this podcast series, and Hampton and I watched one recently. It was uh, it came out in 2004. It was a, a show that I thought was really cool. It was one of my favorites over the years. Your dad, it starts out at Real Foot Lake, and you know, it's a place your dad hunted a lot at and really held close to his heart. And uh, they were the guys were you know wearing old clothing and shooting old guns. He had his old Model Eleven, which I believe is your grandfather's gun. Am I correct? That's right. And your dad called it the meat gun, which I believe yep. his dad called it. And that's the gun that he, of course brought home the meat. Uh, the Model Eleven, I always thought it was a really cool gun. It's you know it's a it's a derivative of the of the Browning A five. Uh, it looks exactly the same. You really can't tell the difference in them from the exterior. And, uh, you know, they, they had a great time there. And then it moved into you and your dad in Alberta with uh, Sean Mann, the goose call manufacturer and guide. And uh, a really great hunt y'all had for, uh, I think it was primarily snow geese, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep, mostly snows. I got gotcha. you. I've been chasing snow geese around since I was a kid. And uh, so I always enjoy uh, watching that kind of hunting. Uh, you were 16 years old. So what was that like for you to to go up to Alberta with your dad and, and be part of DUTV? Well, it was great that dad's job was also my hobby because I got to do some really neat things that a lot of people my age did not get to do. Uh, I tell you, one of my biggest takeaways from that trip was uh, how much goes into a show. And what was interesting is people from the outside, myself included prior to that, would think, oh, well, dad gets to go hunting for a living. How great is that job? And uh, realistically, that... That hunt in particular, we were hunting mostly out of layout blinds in cut cornfields, and we had to we had to get out to the field early enough to put out all the decoys. Of course, all the guides were scouting the night before, and we had to get out early enough to put out all the silhouettes and full bodies and the blinds. But the thing that you don't account for when you're not used to filming a TV show, which I 
was not at the time was how you hide the cameraman. And in a cut cornfield that does not have a lot of vegetation, it's extremely difficult. And our method was to dig a big hole. So we dug a big hole in frozen Canadian prairie ground, uh, big enough for basically a shallow grave that was big enough for a cameraman to sit in and hide in. And uh, I cannot, I cannot tell you with accurate words how annoying that was to dig the hole. And uh, luckily, we had a good hunt. We didn't have to hunt all day to get footage. But by the end of the day, we had to come back and shoot, uh, and shoot uh, voiceovers and shoot uh, B-roll and. Uh, later that night, we had to go scout for the next day. And of course, we had to pick up all the decoys that night too. And uh, by the time it was all said and done, we weren't eating dinner until eight o'clock at night. And now all of a sudden, we've been hunting or working, quote unquote, from which everybody else was working. I was, I, I, I will go on record and say that I was the grunt man, uh, unpaid and carrying all the heaviest stuff. And uh, we we worked from. 3.30 in the morning until 8 o'clock at night and went to bed and did it all again. So that was my, my introduction to, to TV production, and it was, it was very different than what I was expecting. Yeah, and it's true. And I tell you, one big thing that's really helped uh, being able to film a waterfowling show is the advancement in the equipment. You know, back in those days, we we're talking about some really big, heavy equipment that's really transformed these days into, into some lightweight, compact packages that are a lot easier to hide. So it's not as challenging as it was, but you still have got that element of the guy who's filming the birds and the shooting has got to be hidden where the birds can't see him, but he still gets really good footage uh, of the birds and all the hunting action. So it's always a challenge trying to figure out what you're going to do. And like I said, that layout blind scenario doesn't lend itself well to, you know, filming a show. I mean, it's a lot easier to do something in a blind like you said, that when your dad was at Real Foot there and, you know, many other hunts, if you've got a, a way to do it that way in a permanent blind or, or, or a, you know, a, a semi-permanent structure, it's just a lot easier. And like I say, it's hard to for folks to realize all they see is the end result. They don't see all the work that went into it. And, you know, Mike, from, you know, from your standpoint as well, from somebody behind the scenes putting these shows together, it's a difficult deal to plan something in the middle of the summer and have it all come together well six months later. So I'm sure you've got some stories about some some hunts that probably didn't go as, as well as you thought it would. Oh, ab- absolutely. As, as Hampton mentioned, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of uh, grief from folks, uh, particularly when I started uh, to get in front of the camera about how easy my job must be or how great it is. And and the the work, as you said, uh, you spend all summer lining these hunts up and working with people, and the logistics aspect of it, both you know for the the hunt between the production company, camera guys, getting the equipment there, decoys. You know, I worked with you and others at Avery at that point to to get our sponsors' equipment and gear, uh, Whitewater, others. Um, there was a lot of work that went into it before you even arrived on scene. And then you get on scene and, and uh, yeah, nothing will shut down a winning streak like bringing some cameras to, uh, to a location and trying to film, uh, you know, a, a duck or a goose hunt. But uh, the, uh, you know, hiding the cameras was always a challenge, uh, the bird cam in particular, but also inside the blind. And, you know, and just trying to get quality footage, uh, you just, you know, a guy making a nice shot over the head at 40 yards doesn't look very good on TV. So, 
it's essentially not, you know, worth even taking the shot. And uh, the camera adds 10 pounds. And it also adds, I always tell people 20 yards to a, to a shot sequence. So if you don't have them in 15 yards, they look like they're, you know, you're sky busting. Um, but, uh, it was, uh, a lot of fun, you know, it was, it was, uh, a lot of work, but a lot of good fun meeting a lot of great people, seeing some incredible, uh, uh, country and the work that Ducks Unlimited was doing around North America and, and meeting people and seeing how people waterfowl hunt all over, uh, is something I'll, you know, never forget. Yeah. It, it's like you said, it's amazing how far the shots look on camera and when they're really, you know, within 30 yards and it looks like it's 50 and, uh, you know, you just, it's a challenge to really, to get those birds in the right spot and to where it, the footage is really exceptional. It's, it's tough all the way around. Filming a waterfowl hunting show has got to be the toughest thing to do in outdoor TV is it's just, you know, as uh, my buddy Pat Pitt says, there's no fences in the sky. So, like you said, show it with some cameras and watch everything disappear. Yeah, the equipment. Well, the equipment wasn't as good. It's come a long way, you know, particularly in the last 10 years. But uh, we were lugging around some cameras that weighed 40 pounds at one point. Uh, and, you know, if you didn't have it on a tripod, it was going to be uh, unsteady and, and difficult. Uh, certainly things have improved a little bit in that regard. But uh um, it was, it, I think you're right. It's absolutely the most challenging filming, I think, of any of the, of the genre. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. It's easy enough to set up a camera and film a you know elk coming down a mountainside, but it you know you've got twenty Canada geese coming across the field, and you have no idea which way they're going to go or what they're going to do. It uh, it's it's really a skill to be able to catch those birds in the in the right frame, uh, you know, for really quality footage. 
And you talked mentioned something there about Avery. You know, I, I I spent eleven years at Avery Outdoors, and I can remember you know rigging decoys. You know, for you, uh, they were going. I mean, Stephen Pitt. I mean, both of us work at, at DU now, which is you know, which is kind of crazy, but. Rigging decoys that were going to appear on DU TV because Greenhead Gear was one of the sponsors of the show, and I just you know there has been a lot of great sponsors of the show over the years, and you know just a shout out to everybody who's ever supported DU TV in our current sponsor lineup. You know Browning Arms, Browning Ammunition, Higdon Decoys, uh, you know Drake Waterfowl. Everybody's been great in their support of not only DU TV but you know Ducks Unlimited in general. Uh, Hampton. Your dad was a pretty recognizable figure. He had he had a great voice, and you know, he was a a guy that people saw on television for years. I mean, when did you first really realize that your dad was was a famous guy? <laughs> well, we never really looked at him as a famous guy, and uh, my mother did a good job keeping him humble. Uh, my sister and I constantly would badger him about it, and so I think to some degree he uh, he always. Uh, was almost kind of embarrassed at home to see himself on TV and we'd be sitting around and he he always we always made a big deal out of it and supported him in that and you know I tell everybody dad was a regular guy dad was just a, a, a normal guy and just like we all have talents in life dad was was good in front of a camera was good on a microphone and especially good on a Microsoft Word application but uh, I think dad's real skill was being able to relate to people uh, and to be approachable, and uh, Dad always cared, uh, genuinely cared, and that that made him very approachable. And you know, I think the first time that we recognized that he uh, had some level of notoriety, we always teased him for being a Z-list celebrity. Uh, he didn't make the A or A down to Y, but he made the Z-list. And uh, we were on a family vacation in the airport in California one time, and uh, I was probably a middle schooler and. Somebody came up and recognized him in the airport and said hi to him and how much they enjoyed the show. And I remember they had a, uh, a extended conversation. I'm sure Dad was probably trying to uh, sift through uh, to see if there was any opportunity for a hunting lease somewhere, wherever that guy was from. But uh, nevertheless, it, it it really caught us off guard to, to see that somebody had, had recognized him that far away from our home in Tennessee. Yeah, that's true. I just made my first trip out to California last year. And uh, that was our opening experience uh, hunting the Sacramento Valley up there. It's uh, it's a pretty neat uh, environment, and one you don't really think of when it comes to waterfowling. And uh, I need to do another show out there in California. We did one in Washington State that was really popular last year. A lot of people don't know that Washington State's got some incredible waterfowl hunting, and that and that's something too. Mike, I'll talk to you about is you know I really try to have a broad spectrum of shows in, in different locations. We're a North American organization, so it's it, you really try to cover that. And do you remember, you know, just some of the different locations you worked on and, you know, putting the other logistics and how the shows turned out and how cool that experience was? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's like uh, banded ducks. I remember each and every one of them and where, where I shot them, right? Uh, but, yeah, in the, in the six or seven years that I was – you know, heavily involved in the TV show. I, you know, I, I don't forget any of the shows we went on. Um, but, uh, we had some great opportunities. You know, we always tried to focus on areas that were important to waterfowl and our priority one areas and, uh, but also some of the unique places that people may not get to go to. And, uh, 
And one of the things both Wade and I agreed on and really liked to do was freelance hunting and not just going to a commercial operation. Nothing against commercial operations, but when you talk to people, and and we did, um, touching on what Wade said, I travel. I mean, or, uh, Hampton said I've traveled with Wade all over North America, and it never ceased to amaze me how many people would recognize him and come up and say hi. Um, you kind of sometimes felt a little like chopped liver when Wade Bourne was in the room, uh, but uh, he always gave him, you know, the time and uh, and and loved to talk with people because he did relate so well with them. But uh, we had some unique hunts. Uh, Thinking back on, you know, one of the most unique ones was up in uh, in Yellowknife on Great Slave Lake, a uh, really critical area in the boreal forest. And uh, Jared Brown and I filmed that show. Uh, one of the fr- only places I've ever flown to a duck blind in a helicopter uh, or on a on a uh, pontoon plane. Uh, but, uh, you know, Saskatchewan, Alberta, the prairies, we always tried to key in on. We did sea duck hunting. We did geese up in Washington or, or British Columbia, uh, um, golden eyes and, and other divers up in Alaska. We always tried to pick areas that we thought people would be interested in, but then also areas that were important to uh, DU's mission. Uh, the Yucatan in Mexico, extremely important to DU Mexico and the work they do down there and blue-winged teal and other species. We filmed down there uh, a couple times, uh, you know, when the snow goose issue was big, we uh, one of the shows Wade and I did together was in Missouri, uh, trying to highlight the uh, new conservation order and how important it was for people to get out and uh, take advantage of that opportunity, but also help uh, conservation by, you know, uh, hunting those birds in the spring to uh, help alleviate the overpopulations. So, um we have, a, we you know, DU has a great base. We always weren't shy of of people calling and offering their places to hunt or storylines and opportunities. And and uh, Wade loved a good story, and so we you know we we filmed a lot of those where we went for the hunting, but also the background story of decoy carving or layout boat hunting or um, you know different aspects of how how people were were hunting and what they were doing or unique species like. Greater snow geese up in Cape Tormont in Quebec. Uh, uh, so, uh, one of the fond memories I'll always have is just the fact that I got to hunt a lot of incredible places all over North America that uh, many people, you know, are, may have on their bucket list but may not get to do that. But uh, we brought them hopefully uh, a visual of what hunting those species or those areas looked like, and uh, and and hopefully they enjoyed that. Yeah, that, that, that's a huge part of, of what we do at DGU TV. Is really is really highlight the stories of the, of the volunteers and the donors and the folks out there that really support DU and support wetlands conservation. It's a huge part of what we do. You know, it's it's a it's a lot more important uh, to me, and I think to a lot of the audience that we showcase that versus you know just having great hunting all the time. Uh, really show people what we do on the ground and how we affect. And waterfowl populations, and and not just waterfowl populations, but people in general, you know, with clean water, help communities, uh, just really tell the stories behind the scenes of of, of Ducks Unlimited. Uh, so anyway, Hampton, I was. Do you remember any? Is there any episodes that you ever saw that your dad was in that, that really stand out in your mind? Oh man, a lot of them. You know, um, I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most watching Dad on on 
the show was seeing him in applications that we did not uh, practice on an ongoing basis. It gave me a lot more respect for him as an as an outdoorsman and as a waterfowler. Uh, in particular, you know, Mike was talking about freelancing. We, I was raised in the boat freelancing, and and that was my favorite way to hunt. Has been for forever, and that's how I learned to hunt. And and seeing Dad do that in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways. I remember one uh, show in particular where they where he and uh, the guests were hunting out of uh, grass blinds on the Snake River in Idaho. Who even knew that there were ducks in Idaho? But uh, sure enough, they it was, according to Dad, one of the best hunts he had ever been on on the show was in Idaho. And so uh, I think Mike hit, hit the nail on the head when he was talking about how how the show does a really good job of of pinpointing different locations that people hadn't thought of and highlighting different methods that people hadn't thought of. And I think there's application for those of us that don't hunt in those areas, even around where we do hunt, to be able to take some of those same tactics and, and utilize them in the same way. So it was always a highlight to watch Dad, and uh, there are countless. We can do a whole a whole separate episode of this talking about all the different shows I remember, but uh, really a highlight. Yeah, I did it. I did a show two years ago in in Arizona near Tombstone, which people really loved because nobody thinks about Arizona and waterfowl, and just showing people how waterfowl are very resilient and that they're spread out all over North America and places you wouldn't even think that there would be a duck or a goose that there's a, a thriving population and so just really I've tried to to take people to different places that you know, like I said you would never even think of uh, for things like that and that was a great episode they even had uh, you know their Mexican ducks in a, in a dry uh, wheat field on that show so it's just that's something that I challenge myself with is trying to come up with something, you know, that people haven't seen. And, and I always think about it, too, is, you know, what would I like to see on the show, you know, as a waterfowl hunter for over 40 years? Where would I like to go? And so it's 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 been a fun part of it for me, for sure. And so any any parting comments you guys have about DUTV and, and what it's meant to you? You know, as I mentioned earlier, it uh, it was just a great experience for me to be able to travel around North America and and meet just unbelievable people, our volunteers and and uh, uh, and staff, uh, and hunt with them and uh, and and get to see the things that we got to see, along with the hosts. You know, Jared Brown, Mark Pierce, Wade Bourne, uh, Huntley Ritter, all those guys were a lot of fun to be around, and um, just thinking back on shows the ones that probably the most people come up to me and I think maybe even wait at one time was the uh, freelance shows that we did when we loaded up the truck 18 duck decoys and a handful of uh, full bodies and some two layout blinds Drake the DU dog and Elvis and uh, in freelance from Alberta to Manitoba and uh, we spent 29 days on the road together and uh, I don't know how many thousands of miles we we spent, but uh, um, you get to know somebody pretty pretty well when you spend some time like that. You uh, probably deserved an award for that, by the way. <laughs> oh no, the, the, it was uh, yeah, no, the awards all. I mean, the benefit was all mine. We it was you know we had a lot of help, of course, from DU staff and volunteers, you know, along the way. But um, some pretty amazing memories. Uh, probably one of the best duck hunts I've ever been on in Saskatchewan with Wade and I. Uh, on a small pond, you know, where 
we turned a morning that was foggy and and weren't even going to be able to hunt into an incredible hunt the next day just by scouting and seeing some ducks in one spot and having a Canadian farmer say, well, that's okay and you can hunt there, but there are a lot more ducks over here behind the barn. And, you know, and we ended up having an incredible shoot there. So, um, yeah, the memories are, you know, I remember them all, but too, too numerous. We, yeah, we could sit here and talk for three hours, uh, and tell some of those, those stories. And, um, I enjoyed hunting with Hampton and Wade re kind of read, um, redoing the show they originally did up in Alberta with Sean Mann. And, uh, it was neat watching Hampton, who I think you were in your twenties at that point, uh, maybe had just graduated from college or getting ready to, and, and watch Wade and his son um, hunt together. And, uh, you know, that gave me a lot of ex excitement for, you know, what I will, ex you know, experience with my sons. Uh, at that point, I was single and didn't have any kids, but I, you know, obviously married and, uh, with three now, but uh, it was a great time. Uh, I, I, there's a season that doesn't go by. I don't think about Wade and, and the other guys and, and traveling around the country and wishing maybe I could go back and do it. But, uh, that's more of a young man's game these days. Yeah, and I'll piggyback, too, and say that Dad had written for the magazine prior to becoming involved with the show, but I wouldn't necessarily say other than other than members, than being a, just a Ducks Unlimited member that Dad was super involved with the organization at that time beyond writing for the magazine. And by the time Dad reached the end of his career and ultimately passed away, I think I would consider him to be super involved with the organization. And uh, a lot of the volunteer things that he did in excess of what was quote-unquote required, uh, those things probably would not have happened if not for the show. And uh, Ducks Unlimited as an organization, uh, the employees, the people, the members, the volunteers all around the country have, have really impacted our lives in a lot of different ways. And it's it's in hindsight, very fortuitous that Dad found Ducks Unlimited TV and that he was an available TV show host when they came calling. It was really a blessing for us. Well, appreciate that, Hampton. It, yeah, your dad was such a big part of it, and you know he's he's sorely missed around here. Uh, you know what a guy. I mean, he was a true champion of conservation. And one thing I've heard said a lot around the halls of DU before is that people come for the mission, but they they stay for the people. And, you know, the folks that I've met and worked with since I've been here since 2018, you know, some of the, some of the best people I've ever known in my life. So it's, it's been a great experience. Uh, so anyway, in conclusion, thanks guys for, for joining me today and talking a little DUTV. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it, also, if anybody wants to know a little bit more about Wade and his background, I did a DU film with uh, Hampton and and wait uh wife uh she escapes me what's your mother's name again hampton becky that's right i did a, a really nice film uh called wade is simply titled and you can see that at uh, ducks.org just like I say go to the media tab at the uh, top of the home page and drop down on du films and you can find that film with uh, a lot of other short films that uh, we've done uh, about waterfowl and the people behind it so anyway thanks again guys enjoyed it and thanks for everybody listening to the DU Podcast. Once again, if you want to see old episodes of the show, go to DuckShot.org, go to the media tab at the top, pull it down, DU TV is right there, and you can go down a, a rabbit hole of, of old episodes and watch the thing for hours. So anyway, folks, thanks for listening to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast and supporting Ducks Unlimited, North America's leader in wetlands conservation. 
And as the late great Wade Bourne used to say, more habitat on the ground means more ducks in the sky. I'm John Gordon, and thanks for listening to the DU Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.